0: Your hair looks fine. I hate it being this long. So oh, get God. it cut. I need to get your hair cutter's number because your hair cutter does a great job. Look at this. Look at the burns. Thank you. Thank
1: you. I actually, hair. I think I have her card in my wallet.
0: Oh my gosh. We're doing the card handoff on podcast.
1: Yeah. It was,
2: oh my gosh.
1: Let's see. Yep. That's her number. All right. Amazing. Take that.
2: Nice, nice, nice. I got it. Give a little, little take a photo. Cause I, I'm so bad with business cards. I oh, need pictures of everything or I'll lose it.
1: Yeah. I just have this one pocket in my wallet that I keep all the business <laughs> cards and I just stuff all them the- in there and my wallet looks super fat, but it's an illusion. I've got no money. It's all business cards. <laughs> see,
0: I've got, I've got most of my business cards at home, but the few <laughs> business cards that I do have, you know, you got to represent yourself. Oh, oh Well, front action, little back headshot.
1: It's a Fedora!
0: Yeah. The Fedora it's a oh Fedora God. shops a couple years back. I actually like them. They look good, but they're very specific.
1: Yeah, it looks like Glee Kid. Yeah, yeah. Kid in the that. Glee Club. That's that's the character type.
2: Yeah. And that's what you missed
1: on Glee. And that's what you missed on Glee. All right, but this week on the Pack Cast, we have special guest, Olivia Grady. Yay! Yes, Olivia, Yay. Welcome to the Pack Cast.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you so much. For those that don't know, uh, I'm Logan Riley Brunner.
1: I'm Jacob Wade.
0: And as announced... I'm Olivia Grady. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, Olivia. We're so happy to have you.
2: I'm so excited to be here. This is literally my first podcast that I've been a guest on.
0: I
1: love that. Amazing. Ever. Have you you ever hosted one?
2: uh, Oh, I have. I have hosted a few. I have a podcast with my friend Hodge, and we over quarantine we're really kind of pumping out episodes but then uh the the world started getting back to normal maybe we don't know and so now we're kind of grinding and moving and shaking but we definitely want to get back on there soon but yeah i definitely have hosted many a podcast episodes (laughs) which is fun it's fun too
0: well now this week instead of the interviewer you've become the interviewee I have. Thank you guys for
2: popping my- my cherry.
0: <laughs> of course. Well, first things first, uh, do you want to just talk a little bit about, like, how you know us? And then, uh, we'll get into a little bit of housekeeping, and then we can just get to chat.
2: Yeah, I- this is so funny, because you've asked me this before, and I'm still not completely sure <laughs> how, how, like, I mean- became involved with <laughs> black wolves. But I I know you guys from very different things. Jacob and I, we were scene partners in an acting class. I played his mom, which never have I ever literally played someone's mom. So that was that was a big deal for me. Logan, we met doing an arts management class.
0: Final project. We met in the class, but we like became close doing that project.
2: Yeah, there was like one. I remember too, because I came out of this class and we were having some sort of like heated debate or some sort of argument about like audiences and demographics when it comes to Broadway. Yeah. And you said something that I guess like hit some sort of nerve with me because <laughs> you were like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. You were saying something about like the type of people who can afford to like come to Broadway shows and how they were going. And I was like, yeah, but it doesn't mean it's a I, like, and you're like, I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying like, that's, that's what the thing is. And I was like, I'm just, yeah, I'm whatever. talking about what <laughs> happened to the world. I'm not trying to support it. I was like walking out of class, like. <laughs> walking out. Theater
1: should be more accessible. Be more
2: accessible. <laughs> like this old crotchety woman that I am. So that was how we met. And then Logan and I worked on a, a show together in very different mediums. I was acting and he was sound designing yeah. and yeah, I guess like sort of through uh, through the grapevine and through the, the the groups of the major that we were in, it kind of just so nicely fell
0: into place and got yeah. wrapped with a nice little bow. <laughs> I love that you also did DNA with us recently, which was recently yes, a blast. That was awesome, guys.
2: That was literally yeah. awesome because I did not. I just like it was so strange because it's a, a play but we we had filmed it and kind of you guys morphed it and edited it together to make it this kind of film. And it was so cool to see how we could merge the two mediums together. I thought that was so cool and it came out so good, I thought. Yeah,
1: hey. I'm glad. Man, that was honestly a great experience. I feel like this past year, so many people have like merged the two mediums and done theater as on screen. Yeah. And I feel like it's also nuts how like Ivo Van Ho, did that like that crossover live right before the pandemic hit? Wait, really? Like for West Side, West Side Story, Story, they were doing oh.
2: the revival
1: oh. on Broadway was like on stage, but then half of the scenes took place on a screen that was the backdrop of the set, and it was like filmed for half of it using like a cameraman live, but also some edited. I find it so funny that that type of medium was introduced in like the late 2019 early 2020
0: yeah it was like 1984 and then that's that story yeah just this evolution of film on stage is is really interesting and
1: now we're seeing stage on film yeah pretty exclusively it is just nuts
2: it's pretty crazy honestly i really wanted to see 1984 i'm bummed that i missed
0: that but we are I- actually seeing a reed bernie uh, was one of the actors in 1984 and we're seeing a oh, show really? that he's
1: doing with his son tonight yes ephraim ephraim uh, bernie
0: i gotta say when i saw him
2: post that new york times article i was like wait what like i literally oh. had no idea i was legitimately just like okay oh, this the guy that i
0: did dna with he's cool
2: he's I literally every time because i had um some friends watching it and i was like the scene that you gotta look out for is these two guys laughing and like joking about us potentially killing a guy like oh my gosh and all my friends were like that was really dark I'm like sitting here like laughing my off like,
1: yeah oh, because is Ephraim is so dang funny yes even when he's funny. not trying to be seriously he could be doing a, a dramatic scene and it'll just come off as funny for just some for a moment yeah, yeah and I'm like Yes, thank you.
0: I have two two stories about that. The first has to do with DNA and it's in the editing room. Jacob and I were watching the like, we took him up to the grill and we were doing X and we were doing Y and like there's a scene for those that didn't see it where they like describe how they killed somebody the take that we used Ephraim like realizes that they fucked up and you can watch like his face fall apart. There's one take that we did and live I don't know if you remember this, but that he just laughed through the whole thing. Yeah, but we got to the end and he's still laughing about how funny this thing was. And it was just too scary. It was too, like, we watched it. And we're like, this is too much.
1: Yeah. We were like, I don't, I don't know if Mark is a psycho. Psych- yeah. I don't think he's a
0: <laughs> psychopath. <laughs> maybe Uh, no if he is he doesn't mean to be i don't think. right it's it's accidental yes um and then the other we were working on the proof of concept for spotlight which we've released a lot of trailers of and there was a scene that we filmed that was like the auditions and ephraim had to like be off camera auditioning for us and he would just lob the most ridiculous things at us it was like just we're like, Ephraim, just have fun. Do whatever you want. It was
1: like, finish a monologue for us. Yes. just We want to get Yoda. the end of a monologue. And the shot is our reactions to it.
0: There was one time that he was like, Jumanji 2, also known as 2-manji, is a film starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening?
1: I'm really looking forward to seeing this play. He's yes. in uh, Chester Bailey at the Bennington Stage theater yeah in Pittsfield Massachusetts really looking forward to seeing that tomorrow uh, tonight tonight Tonight.
2: Tonight. you're going tonight that's awesome yeah that's awesome that's that's probably so good
0: live theater theater in person
2: facts like that is honestly enough of a reason to just be like
1: exactly look exactly.
2: but I'm sure that would be awesome to see the two of them play off each other
0: though
1: because oh, yeah. I know
2: them separately As <laughs> like yeah. very separate entities
0: I've, so that's crazy I've been lucky enough to get to act with both of them uh hmm. and they're both just incredible scene partners so like I am so excited to see this
2: that's awesome and they're like they're fighting or something right like they're yeah they're playing a doctor and a patient oh uh... Yo, that's crazy. I had no idea what the show was at all, so that's nuts. Yeah, Yeah. you
1: want to give us, like, the logline?
2: Yeah. Who is who? Which one's the doctor? Which one's the patient?
1: Ephraim's playing a young doctor, and he is is the young soldier coming back from war, right? Yeah,
0: Uh, so the the description as put on the website is, uh, in a stateside hospital at the close of World War II, a young man recovers from catastrophic injuries, or so doctors have told him. But Chester Bailey denies what's happened to him has actually happened, which is how he comes under the care of Dr. Philip Cotton. Older, wounded in his own ways, Cotton is charged with leading Chester back to reality. The journey is not what either man expected. Wow. Uh, okay. This right. is a one act. Okay. I don't think there's an intermission. A so one act. We're just <laughs> we're in it to win it.
1: Am I sensing okay. things of PTSD? Um, yes. I'm feeling
0: like we might we might approach that. I some log lines are so
2: not funny, but just like wounded in his own way. Like, oh, uh, yes. Like gotta get all the info uh, in there.
1: Um,
2: love that. Which speaking of one act plays this is like total but this just came up for me the other day because i it's like all over theater news that harry potter and the cursed child is turning yes into a show and i like no lie so let me just let me preface this by saying all the comments were incredibly hateful and rude on these posts saying like really terrible things and like half of them i think are warranted but are being but are meaning to like kind of hit jk Rowling's, so, which is honestly like valid at least like maybe going about it in a different way not on the show's instagram would be helpful yeah. but that i'm sure was like what people had as an intention for writing things like that but some of the other stuff was just like oh great well now i don't have to ever see that like piece of whatever like now i don't have to and i was just like oh but the show is like so magical in two parts and they switch like you know obviously no spoilers because keep the magic but like they completely changed the entire like atmosphere like it just is
0: i was so
2: bummed when i saw that i You're also cutting... was like, I'm supposed to be in this one day Like,
0: I like they're gonna have to cut a lot
2: yeah i guess so because i was like I was talking with my boyfriend about it and I was like very upset about it. It's like this is not fair. Like, whatever. Um, 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 is there a reoccurring theme with me right now? Like I'm just mad about everything. But he was like reading the article and he's like, I don't know if they can cut anything. I was like, babe, when I tell you that this show is a whole day ordeal, they will have to cut something. <laughs> there's no way they can put this whole thing in one show when it was like what, six hours, maybe? Yeah, like seven it's been hours? Really
1: long. Yeah, I've got I haven't seen it. I'm the only. You've seen it, right? Yeah, I saw both it. parts. Yep. Yeah. So I'm the only one who hasn't seen it. You
2: yet. haven't seen it. Oh.
1: I wish I have the book. Yeah. That I like. I got it before it came out. And I was reading it. It's a thick book. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah. the fact that they would put that whole dictionary on stage impressive
0: and then all the effects that they have to add onto the top of it is like in, in the book it's like they appear here and it's like well okay how do you make two actors appear on stage
2: that's exactly how i felt when i was reading it and i almost didn't like it really when i read it because i just i don't really know what it was but maybe it was because there was just so many like knowing it was a play and reading stage directions and some of the stage directions were so outlandish like how could they possibly do this on a stage? Yeah. And then seeing it is just like, okay, they, they do it on stage. Like, they they do things on stage. Like, that was really what made me... But reading it, I was kind of like, I don't really, like, get it. I don't really understand. But it's, like, one of those things that I guess you have to see to really... It's magic. Yeah.
0: It. It's, it's magic. a. It's an experience. It's not a play.
2: Yeah. It's also, like, because it's Harry Potter, it's this, like, known loved thing which is like yeah. another reason why I'm disappointed in JK Rowling really. like yeah. really girl really you had to you had to pull back card like
1: I know it it, not hiding it 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 sucks so bad because as a child growing up with Harry Potter as my friend yeah right like
0: <laughs> yeah. literally
1: <laughs> growing up with me uh, like I would see like a poster for the next movie come out. And I'd just be like, You're we're like, getting older. We <laughs> are getting older, you know? And I'm at this point now in my life where I don't want to give her any of my money. Yeah. And it sucks because all I ever wanted when I was a child was to be an adult. So I had my own money to spend on all of this Harry Potter. Potter.
2: Trick. It's like a whole, I mean, it's a world. Like, it's this, talk about your world building. Like, this is a, I mean. World.
0: A world. And like.
1: they just opened a Harry Potter store in Manhattan. I know.
0: It's, I've heard it's like sold out daily. That it's like, it's impossible I'm sure. i sure.
1: I want to go, but I don't want to buy anything.
0: I know, that's what you do. I
2: know, and it's it's tricky too, because it's, my friend works for Scholastic, and he is actually very upset about this too, because- his whole company, like, I mean, that's who's, like, paying their bills, literally. Like, that is exact, that is the human who's paying their bills. And he was like, I mean, it's all, like, a known thing, but because of money and, like, capitalism and, like, all this, like, gross stuff that no one wants to actually, like, sit and talk about, like, I'm pretty sure she's still making content and books and they just, being a part of this company, it's this weird line of, like, I don't want to support this and also like you're you're paying me like I, it just is like mm. a very weird yeah thing but for me it's more of just like the fact that she's really not like it wasn't even like a slip up it like she meant with intent to say something and is not trying to hide that she said that like
0: yeah i also it's just hard I for apologize. me i think the moment that i realized that she was transphobic Every problematic thing in every one of the books started becoming way more obvious to me. Mm-hmm. It was like... an
2: example. Give me an example of what came to your mind.
0: Uh, the only Asian character in the entire series being named Cho Chang. Um, yeah. The house elves being enslaved and totally cool with it. And like the white woman has to come in and convince them that they're slaves and that she needs to save them. Um... Yeah.
1: Shout out Hermione. Shout out Hermione.
0: Uh, Um, the only queer characters ever being like in the background and kind of like, oh, they're queer, but we're not going to actually talk about that. That was my big issue with, uh, Cursed Child on stage was that the book, I don't think touches on any of that. But when I saw Cursed Child, I was like, these two characters feel like they're supposed to be together. And I know they're not going to end up together because that's not jk rowling style they're gonna end up with girls but they're acting really like a couple right now like
2: multiple times yeah like
0: getting really close to each other like looking like they want to kiss each other but not like it was super queer coded um so yeah it was just seeing all those things start to pop out i was like no i love these books I can't have all of them ruined because now I can see all the problematic things.
2: I know. And that's like, it kind of leads you to the question too of like, can we separate the art from the maker? Because I, I mean, especially with acting, it's like there is, for me at least, there is like, I need to be very intentional about a boundary or a separation if something is getting like a little too yeah close, you know, like a little too, you know, something not yeah. healthy potentially like I, I i just think that i mean a writer it could be different but it's just it's so like uh, like why is everything right now coming out and like showing us in the the grossest of ter- of terms right now it's just like i don't know it's a little bizarre not gonna lie
1: it's It's Twitter's fault for existing in the first place and giving everyone on the planet Earth a platform for sharing every intimate thought that they could ever possibly have and have everyone just gang up on each other on one platform.
0: I mean, Bo Burnham's talked about it. It's performance all the time. It's just perform your whole life and let everyone watch.
2: Yeah. Inside was was crazy. Inside was so good, but also like deeply disturbing in like the best ways like
1: uh yeah it was so raw and I was uncomfortable in those raw moments but I knew that I was safe because Bo himself included those moments on purpose yeah and with him being the artist behind all of it behind like the recording of each individual track of like instrument versus like how he he directs himself and how he wants to convey these songs visually like i can imagine it being incredibly incredibly frustrating wearing all the hats at the same time being so conscious of how he's being perceived 100% of the time and get, like wanting to nail it yeah like on the head with every millisecond of screen time I've got so much respect for him. Yeah, it gave me chills the first time I saw it.
0: Yeah, I've seen it twice now, and it just it hit me both times.
2: Yeah, as he's like turning thirty-two, like I'm sure that's a whole other
0: layer. Yeah, but
1: also like layered. crazy. Did he film that scene once, right? Or did he black out his curtains, reset the clock. alarm clock, and go for another take? True. How much of what we saw was real? Was real, and how much of it was him making a point about a character that he could be trying to portray for a larger point?
2: Yeah, his, per- his literally a performance. Like, yeah, it's that's what's even crazy too, because it's it's such like a life thing and also an art thing. Is like yeah. when you when you think someone is being vulnerable, you're never like a hundred percent sure though, which is so nuts and he gives like so many crazy commentary on so many things like celebrity co- culture has just been like very strange to me recently too like just yeah everything on on social media is completely out in the open I mean exactly like you were saying you can put everything out that you want to and it makes you feel like you're friends with people when you're not, not. <laughs> like, it's everything,
1: totally.
0: Everything is so curated. It's so carefully constructed. Like Jacob and I were talking about this in relation to the celebrity culture. There were photos taken of Tom Holland and Zendaya together. Yes. And it's like, okay, are they together? Are they taking photos like that because they know the paparazzi are watching them and they're trying to hype their new movie? Are they fucking with people? Like it's, it's all yeah. just- Celebrity culture has become so curated. I mean, it always has been, but now that there's such a direct source to it. I know. Like what's real and what's not. And people feel like they're friends with celebrities now.
1: Yeah, it's 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 tricky. I Because I also find myself slipping up and saying something like, oh yeah, my friend is doing this thing. And I say my friend, but I don't mean my friend. I mean this person who I follow, who I maybe have a mutual friend with or like I've met them once and that's why I followed them but we're not friends they don't know my life like right (laughs) but I
2: that's so yo facts like because
1: I'm a follower and I'm I have the access to their life on Twitter their thoughts on Instagram their face I'm like oh yeah I know what they're doing oh yeah the other day they were doing this And it's not my friend. Yeah, It's just this person.
2: Well, like someone could be saying that about you though too. Like, oh yeah, my friend is like doing this thing right now. But I mean, we have that same freedom too, where it's like, I get to pick what you see of me or what you hear from me. It is strange that now we're all kind of like personal curators of like our, Instagram is such like a magazine to me almost. Cause like, I Mm. it just occurred to me the other day that your highlights like that you can save and then like reels, like this is literally your highlight reel, like yeah. like yeah. mind blown. It just is, and that's exactly what it is. That is exactly Gosh. what it is.
1: Do you remember when stories were introduced? <laughs> like yes. first on Snapchat, yeah. just like yeah. create a story of your day. Like I was just like, brilliant, genius. like. <laughs> I can broadcast it to everyone oh like
0: and it also it went from being like I'm gonna send snapchats to all my friends of me like doing something silly to like oh I'm just gonna post this it's just like this is a random moment that I'm having right now that I'm gonna invite the world into
1: and as a society we're all learning together what is appropriate to share what these rules are for social media because they're constantly changing too
0: Always changing. Like, how personal do you get? Right. It's also also just like the level of anonymity that we have on social media. I remember the first time that we got like subs thrown at us, like someone saying something mean about us, that I was like, oh, like people are just going to openly talk shit. And that's social media. Yeah. I think people a lot of times forget with the separation of the screen that like there is another human being that you're talking to. So like when I scroll through like TikTok or Twitter and I see people being like, I hope you fucking die. It's like, whoa, (laughs) you're talking to a person.
2: Like, yeah, because there's that wall, right? Like there's that, like, it it doesn't feel like you're talking to a person. So I can be really brave and do whatever I want. But I like, because I have younger sisters, particularly one who's like at the peak of all of this, like new stuff right now, like she's 17.
1: Okay. Gen Z. pinnacle like
2: (laughs) which this is another i can't with the generation because apparently i'm gen z too i know i i don't know anyway but um, but it's so crazy because there is this like freedom with having these platforms that's just like wow we can do or say whatever we want like we and it can be used for good we've seen that i think like we've seen can really be used for good i don't know maybe it's because i was so ingrained in me like growing up that like don't share like photos of you holding a red solo cup like jobs will see this colleges will see this like don't post something that you wouldn't want so and so you know just like things like that I feel like that's gone out the window a little bit and people are straight up posting wild things and a part of me is like oh god like I don't want this to ruin your life like I don't want you to you know go down this terrible black hole not like with anyone in particular but just like I feel like because people who are older don't really understand this thing that we have here and kids do yeah it's like older people are scared of it almost so they're kind of like yeah take the reins like do with it what you want a little bit but then it's making me nervous the- that since no one knows how to really handle it there aren't any rules not necessarily that there should be but there's no kind of like self-boundary with this platform that it's right. like I don't want this to end up ruining you in some sort of way because someone sees something that you did and now could think less of you. Not that uh, that's your problem, but you know, it could affect you in some ways.
1: 100%. Well, they also see what's working for other people and how sure. other people are going viral or getting attention or getting audiences. Like, how do you get people to watch? Oh, you post yourself doing some outrageous shit that no one else has done before. Or, like, or, you or you post yourself doing things that other people who are getting attention are doing.
0: And a lot of that ends up being like sexualization or like stuff like that. So, we're seeing like 15 year olds on TikTok doing these like really sexual dances that are like, you're a minor. Like there are, there are adults commenting on these posts being like, this is so hot and you're a minor.
1: they yeah. And they're using the sound, which has explicit lyrics, yeah. you know, and the sound is going viral. So like, you gotta hop on the trend, but it's, it's not so appropriate. Like, oh, God. Like, also another point is that like these people that kids are idolizing, they feel inaccessible. Like, the idea of them is separated from who they are.
0: They're an idea, not a person. They're an
1: idea, not a person. Like, let's say, like, under 10,000 followers, like, you're a person, and over 10,000 followers, you're an influencer. Let's just say, okay? Let's just say. For the sake of argument. <laughs> but, like, people, like, see that K or that M in the followers, and they think that they can comment whatever mm. because they're just one out of... 10,000 or a million. Right. So they think that they won't get seen or they think that they are not in a minority because they have like so many. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard.
0: And that, that I think is now bleeding into the culture that was groupies. That was like people waiting for you at the end of your show to get your autograph is now like Instagram comments. Now it's like, influencers, actors, all these people on Instagram and Twitter are feeling this obligation to like respond to fans. Cause if you don't, you're like, oh, you think you're above it all. You think you're better than all of us. So like you feel this obligation to like reach out to everybody, but if you don't reach out to everybody it's like you start getting those comments that are like, I'm never going to get a reply from Olivia Grady. I bet Olivia Grady doesn't even read her comments. She probably doesn't even respond like people guilting celebrities into responding to comments so they can feel like friends i've had people i am i am a very very like low level actor in terms of like my clout in the industry and i've had people who like dm me and are like we should be friends like you're so cool and i'm like you you don't know anything about me you know what i have put online And that is so carefully curated as, like, a performer in the industry of, like, I'm with my friends today. Like, that's Mm -hmm. so basic of what I'm doing versus what my life actually is that it's so impossible to know people.
2: Yeah, and I I think, too, it's, like, people want to show, like, stuff that looks pretty and, like, and feels good to watch or, like, will make you laugh or will make, you know, like... I, you know, granted there, I think we're starting to get into a point where it's like, yeah, I'm going to be honest with you because not everything is always like this, which respect, but that never gets as much attention as, you know, the, the aesthetically pleasing yeah. content, you know? Just, how much
1: of that is algorithm and how much of that is society?
2: Right, right exactly. Which that's another thing too, like the algorithm. I, I don't even understand, literally,
0: like it's so strange. I remember when Vine was a thing, right? And Vine was just about like, let's do something funny and make some people laugh. Mm. And then it became like, oh, let's become Vine influencers. And now that's moved to TikTok where I'm seeing people that I follow because like I find them funny, posting things that are like, I've decided I'm not going to post on TikTok anymore because the algorithm is killing my views. And if I'm going to do that, and it's like, what is this hustle culture around everything we do? Make a TikTok because you like TikToks. Right. It's, these people, there are so many people that are now like making TikTok their job. Like, oh, my nine to five is I work on TikTok. I don't like it, but it's what I do. It's like, well, why are you doing it?
2: Yeah, I, I have to say I, I do kind of appreciate TikTok a little bit more because it's very like user friendly and very much like gives you content that you want to see type of thing. Yeah. And like it lets any old random Joe kind of, you know, have an audience. Like it's not so exclusive, I think, but.
0: They're also, they're super good about that. Their algorithm is super good at getting people hooked. Cause I remember I had been off TikTok for a really long time. And then I made like two TikToks in a row. And so I think TikTok realized like, oh, he's trying to make content. And so the second TikTok I made like went semi-viral Mm -hmm. and I was like oh I want to make more TikToks and I've never hit that amount of views again yeah it's that like we want to get you invested so you chase the high so you chase that like that instant
2: gratification yeah that
0: like I've gotten some success I want more right
2: it's true yeah it's social media is very very strange but hustle I've been like I don't know. I'm kind of like I don't really buy hustle culture anymore, which I was.
0: I was so in, into it. So
2: into it, like very much so.
0: And I, I was sending him basically. like Gary Vee videos like every day yeah. <laughs> about like you gotta grind, you gotta. You
2: love Gary Vee, but yes, like exactly. It's, it's, yeah. I i think for me though it's knowing knowing like where it's coming from right like having the intention of like why i'm gonna act a certain way and i totally was hustling because i was desperate and like i had to take a step back and be like girl like you're olivia you're olivia freaking grady like you're i'm not desperate grady. here okay like no like i was just having this conversation yesterday saying like you know at the end of the day like I know what I do I know what I can do I know what I'm capable of doing and I have never doubted for a second that it will happen or like not happen you know like of course but I do think there's something to be said that like when you're constantly pushing and constantly like like you know literally beating a dead horse it's like this is just exhausting and you get burnt out and yeah. like we're not we're not desperate. We are not, not good for you. Evil. No. Yeah. No. But it's knowing that line, I think, which is super important of like why you're acting a certain way rather than just like doing something because you think you should or you know, right. Whatever that looks like.
0: Uh speaking of creating art because you're passionate about it, um <laughs> and not because you feel like you have to uh you're working with us on this transition (laughs) um uh because i know i said we were going to do housekeeping at the beginning of this podcast and we're probably like halfway through at this point or almost done (laughs) honestly we're 38 minutes in and we're doing housekeeping uh in terms of housekeeping um we did a reading on saturday it went really well we're very happy with it um we're working on things for september for big releases uh that's really housekeeping it's very basic Um, but the thing that I really wanted to housekeep about and kind of, like, have been excited to announce and excited to bring you on the show about, Liv, is this project that we're doing together.
2: Yeah, we are doing a little project together, aren't we?
0: You want to talk a little bit about it? Uh, just, like, what you want to share about either or both, uh, the pro- the project itself and then just, like, your process in kind of putting it together, coming up with it, creation.
2: Yeah, I sort of spoke to Logan about this maybe- over a year ago now. We were totally like in quarantine, but for some reason that span of time was really cool for me for some reason. I don't know, there was like a, a solid like two, two months. That sounds like so much time. And so every little. day was literally like the same. I just felt like I was taking like a ton of classes. There was so many great free resources available to actors, like things that I probably would not have done if it was, you know, any other random time,
0: right.
2: I just had so many ideas like, and wanting to be creative. And I had this idea stuck in my head about like, kind of the concept of loneliness and how there's kind of no difference between if you're lonely and if you're feeling lonely, because even if you're feeling lonely, like your brain is not going to convince you that you're not otherwise. So that was kind of like a thing that I was sitting with and just like the idea of anyone leaving your life who had such like a big kind of handprint on your heart it's like a really difficult thing regardless of who it is and like just that idea of like now that they're gone it's like I'm lonely like that's a terrifying thought and like a terrifying feeling to feel yeah yeah but I started writing, I, not even, I just like had this idea in my head and I kind of was like sending voice memos, like talking about it on my phone and Logan and I got to talking. I don't even know how.
0: uh, Before you sent me the voice memos, um, you had posted, speaking of posting on social media, you posted a minute long video on Instagram that I just like, I saw it and was like, this is the opening shot of a movie. I don't know what the movie's about, but like, I love this framing and I love the, the colors and the feeling and the tone. And like, this is a shot. I don't know what it is. Liv, do you want to make a movie?
2: And I was like, nah, funny. You should say that. Um, (laughs) I don't just like also the, like, I, I have another Instagram account called the quiet catalog and it's like, it's great. Thanks. It's (laughs) Let let me preface this by saying, too, I have been writing a lot recently, and I didn't feel particularly comfortable in that medium, because that's not my medium, like my typical route of choice. I feel very confident in my acting abilities, but writing was just something that I liked doing, you know, and kind of felt weird almost promoting it, because I was like, yeah, but I'm not a writer. Like, I'm not, like, a writer. I am an actor, right it's like type of thing well, and so kind of like that was getting in my head a little bit but I just have been really into like the moments of quiet and like the in-between moments of life because that's really what makes up life and it's kind of separated between the highs and the lows but mostly we're at this like in-between place so I was kind of like obsessed with the idea of like quiet and being lonely and like these in-betweens and then I posted that video and I kind of had been wanting to do more video content, but I felt like almost weird about that too, because with Instagram, it's so much like, this is me. This is a thing that I'm posting. Rather like when you're acting, I feel much more brave being able to stand up doing like saying somebody else's words, even though they kind of morph into mine. It's like, you know, there's that-
1: vulnerable sharing your own words. Yeah. Oh yeah. It
2: is so vulnerable. But I I shared that video and it like did well. I don't even know what that means. It got like a lot of support from people who I love. And Logan commented on it and was like, oh my gosh, this looks like this could be a film. And I was like, that's funny. We should probably talk about that because I have had an idea in my head for a very long time. And you were like, cool, Cool. so- I sent you, like, this 10-minute-long voice memo while I was going on one of my, like, crazy walks. I'm literally insane, guys, but I, like, I was, like, walking. I'm like, okay, Logan, so here's this thing, and I'm, like, talking to him on voice memo, and I send it over, and, like, an hour goes by, and he's like, dude, I'm like, what are you doing? I'm just like, I don't even know, man. (laughs) I'm getting crazy. But he was like, yeah, like, just... And i have to say like props to you and thank you very much i'm so grateful because i this is just not a thing that i would have done on my own because i just would not have pushed myself in that kind of degree but he was definitely like you should write this thing like live write this thing do the mm-hmm. thing even if even it like dumbing it down for me even too He was like literally like write a list like write like bullet points just like give something so that it's down on paper i was like you're so right and he took it and created like a beautiful in a fancy schmancy a screenwriting program, like an actual script. And it was, it was very cool. It was very cool. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna maybe make a short film. Yeah, wow. <laughs>
1: that's the thing that we're gonna do. Yeah, totally. Yeah.
2: <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So that's think... that's that. But I'm I'm pretty pretty proud of it it is definitely a very scary thing though because it feels very personal
0: yeah I mean I want to give props right back to you because like yeah sure I put it in the fancy screenwriting program but Liv like wrote the movie it was just written as like bullet points of every single shot in the entire film and I was like I see the whole thing so I'm just gonna write what Liv sent me and if there's anything that needs to change, we'll change it. And I sent it to Liv, and you were just like, yeah, this is it. Like, there's one or two like, little changes that we should look at, but this is the movie, yeah, yeah. as I pictured it. And I was like, awesome. We, we have a script, and now we're prepping for locations, and we're talking to crew, and... We're, we're putting a thing together to like make a movie. <laughs>
1: can, it's super I'm like
0: odd. sweating talking about it. Oh man. Yeah. Um, and, and I think cause, cause it's something that we've never done before. Uh, but it's something that I'm excited about going forward. I think this might end up potentially being Black Wolves first festival movie this might be the first movie that we don't just like post on insta on youtube or instagram and are just like let's That's like awesome. submit this places and see if we can run with it because like the first time live voice memo me, like yeah it took me an hour because it was a three or four minute voice memo to listen to but i remember being like you got to give me a little time i'll get to it i promise and then i put my he- earbuds in and i listened to this entire description and i was like this is the coolest like most intriguing idea i've heard in a while and like this is the kind of movie that i see having legs like we've created a couple things that were like passion projects that i was really like oh this is a cool movie and we did this and i'm happy with it this was the first thing that i read of ours that i was like okay this is a a short film this is a short film that like I would submit to like the Tribeca Film Festival or like Sundance or like things that are a big deal because it's like, I see this as the kind of movie that gets into those festivals. The kind of like really deep storytelling that like festivals are interested in versus a lot of what we did was like, oh, what's it like to grow up? What's it like to like be a teenager? Which is like not really something that festivals grab onto. I think- this, this movie that we're doing with Liv is such a kind of universal story about just like the year that we've been through and like what it means to feel alone, even when you have people around you who are like there with you. Like it's something that I've wanted to explore in the past. Uh, I wrote a movie sort of touching on the same topic, but I just thought that Liv did it so much better than I did that I was just like, let's, this is it. This is what I want. And this is what I think we should be doing. Um, and I was just really glad. I showed the script to Jacob the first time and he was like, yes.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: God, Jacob.
1: I feel like everyone's going to, yeah. if every, if anyone reads this script, they're going to be like, yes. And if everyone sees this short when it's done, yeah. they're going to be like, yes. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, it's, it is crazy because I, I think there's... I. I just feel like there's a ton of power in silence. Like I've always felt that way in in performance and especially on theater. It's just like so haunting to have moments of silence. And I feel like people shy away from it a little bit, yeah. which is fair. It's not a particularly comfy thing to sit in, but yeah, I don't know. There's There's really barely any dialogue in this film. Cause I yeah. just, I wanted to see if maybe you could hear, you know, the thoughts without them being there, if that makes sense. Yeah. I just think that's so cool. I also just think, like, any woman or girl, like, sitting in silence is not really a typical thing that we see too much of. I'm, I'm curious to see if it's intriguing to people or, or interesting to people, for sure.
0: Yeah, speaking of, like, a woman sitting in silence, we as Black Wolves have done a lot of things that were, like, male main characters so to have like female led female written female directed is going to be a really really awesome thing for us to get to do I like the idea of expanding uh and getting to work with new people and just give people who haven't necessarily been given the opportunity to let their art like shine uh that kind of chance so I'm thrilled that you wanted to do this with us
2: I mean, hey, I, you, you have been so great and honestly, like, I, I trust both of your artistic opinions a ton and I, I'm definitely, like, my work is not done in a lot of other ways, right? Like, I'm, I'm, (laughs) she's a white woman, you know, like, I, there's a ton of things that I too am, like, we, we have, we have our work cut out for us. It's, it's making space and making room and, and making positions for, people who i can like pass the torch on too you know it's like it's so important and i just i don't i don't take that position lightly either you know like it it's one thing if something is women you know run and and women written but it's like yeah is it like woman of color written though like is it like a black woman written like you know there's there's a ton of things too that it's just like we, we have so much to do, you know? It's, it's a crazy world that we're in right now. And I'm glad conversations are being had, but not nearly as much as being done
0: as needs to be.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And I think that's what makes you a great Black Wolf. Like, yeah, Jacob and I started Black Wolves because we wanted to like create things on our own, but it yeah. very quickly evolved into like, how do we give other people opportunities to like be a part of things that we're passionate about? And I think that's what, like drew us to a lot of the people that we work with is that feeling of like I want to be a part of giving other people opportunities and I just I love that so much
2: it's so important and that's that's what's so great honestly about about you guys and your your openness to having conversations like this too it's it's dope it's really necessary and we need we need people like you you know we need people like that it's it's so true. I mean, this is a crazy, very money-oriented industry, very like commercial oriented. And it's we gotta we gotta figure out how to how to get shit done, you know? Yeah. For
1: sure. But it's not even just our industry, it's like our country, it's becoming the world. Like yeah. that
0: we we've, we've been talking about it like all episode with influencers and yeah. all of that. And yeah. also
1: to think that this film sparked from like, as you said, live like content, like video content. Yeah. Just the idea of art as content, I feel like it almost like takes away from the art calling it content because yeah. it yeah. makes me feel like it's almost like a placeholder. Like hmm. I've got to update the feed. So what's the next square going to be? You yeah. know, like I, I need a new, I need a new square. My grid is getting stale and if I don't get a new square I by the end of, of the, the m- by the end of the month like people aren't going to want to see what's new when it's new
0: yeah well, the algorithm is gonna just like, knock you down
1: yeah
2: it's so crazy that you say that because the other day I was I was talking to my boyfriend and I said I was like I'm just I'm so I can't even believe I said this I was like I just don't want to be the seller anymore. I want to be the product. And he was like, babe, you just called yourself a product. Like you know? that's what
0: so many people in our industry are saying now.
2: Yes, exactly. And I was like, yeah, I, I know. But also like, that's the game. Like that's the oh, game yeah. of it. And it's, it just was well, so crazy. That's the
1: hustle culture that we're all like, honestly trying to escape, but also can't escape because it's just
0: Never. It's part of the industry. It's now. just
1: what you have to do is like, if you want to, get somewhere you got to do something and you got to work yeah and so even like if you're not feeling inspired even if you're sitting alone depressed and lonely you feel this need to catch up or to keep up or like churn something out
0: yeah yeah it's i that found relevant bit i found that dichotomy between like I'm depressed so i don't want to do anything but because i'm not doing anything i feel even more depressed because i feel like i'm wasting time and so it's like that vicious cycle of like well i can't get anything done but i have to get something done yeah it's true
2: i i do think there is a bit of hope though with
0: like we're becoming aware
2: of it and being self-aware is the most important bit and if there's a way that we can figure out how to respect our our boundaries and respect you know what our body needs what our mind needs what our soul needs yeah maybe we needed this kind of yeah. pause to just become reacquainted with self again almost yeah,
1: for sure i definitely agree that we all need a pause the thing that i'm like concerned about is what comes next you know yes it, if we're all taking a moment to reflect on how things must change How do we all agree on what that is and what form does that take? And like, we find the thing that we want to acknowledge, but how do we stop acknowledging it and change it? Right. We're in this like phase of acknowledgement where everyone is like, oh, well I'm thinking about this and I'm gonna make it known that I'm thinking about this. Like it's, I should make a comment about this. How do we get to a place where those comments aren't necessary anymore?
0: How do we get to a place where it's not just commenting? Yeah. I've, I've noticed that a lot on my Instagrams, like the, the, <laughs> the story activist, the like, I'm gonna post about every issue that's happening on my story. And like, there is this very performative activism that's happening now.
1: Where, yeah, you must post something to be like, this is where I stand people, all my followers, just so you know, I, I'm posting this one because this is where I stand on the, on the topic.
0: And you could be like behind the scenes donating thousands of dollars to organizations. But if you don't post about something on Instagram, you're going to see a post that's like, just so you know, I see all my followers who aren't talking about this thing. Like, I know who you are. And it's like, when did we become a culture that was like, you have to stand on your rooftop and scream how you feel about everything? Where do
1: you stand? <laughs>
0: We went from, you're allowed to perform your whole life, so go perform your whole life, to you have to perform your whole life. Because if you don't, and we don't know where you stand, you're a bystander. It's Mm -hmm. gone from like, here's a stage, perform, to if you're not on stage, you're doing something wrong.
2: Yeah, I I do think there is validity to talking about it. And, you know, but I I do think that there becomes that line of like, do you even know what you're talking about? Are you sharing somebody else's opinion right now that you just saw and kind of put into your own words but aren't really understanding what the actual issue is? Right. Are you doing things behind the scenes? Are you talking to your own family members and friends? Like, you know, it, it does become this like, strange thing of yeah, people don't need to know what you're doing, but you need to be doing it, you know? Like, don't just not be doing it. Like, the little infographs are not the period, you know? That is not the end of the sentence. That is,
0: that is... That's like a semicolon.
2: (laughs) That's literally, like... I mean, some of those aren't even correct information. It's, like, it's so messy and not in a good way. It's just, like, very... (laughs) yeah, I I don't know how that started happening, like, where, and I, I think it, it started it with good intention of, like, here is a very condensed amount of information that people can easily digest and get what's going on, but now that people know that that's, like, how people are getting their information, like, even more so than the news, because uh, what can actually be trusted and what can actually not have like a bias put behind it I mean like my sister wanted to be a journalist for the longest time and went to school and was like I can't get behind some of these things like, yeah, it is, like
1: I can't join that world it's it's
2: <laughs> dangerous it's like really grimy and like kind of gross like the way it, it becomes almost like paparazzi-esque even though like people i'm sure everyone joined it in order to like spread truth and you know things like that and correct information but now it's like who what's even that's why it makes me a little like don't necessarily talk about something unless you have straight up like done the research done the research yeah. and like you know are doing the behind the scenes work it's not a a show never a show nothing ever gets put on like without the behind the scenes work ever
1: what is that behind the scenes behind everything
2: right because there is behind
1: the scenes behind everything like you Behind
2: everything
1: yeah totally yes it's not sometimes it's not
2: cute behind the scenes either yeah
1: like to think that like these infographics and posts and just the realm of things going viral that they are also within bubbles, like based on location, based on your views, based on your circle. I feel like my Instagram is like so much different than someone in California's Instagram. And just the way that we all keep each other in check is I'm gonna say the same across the country, but it's different messages. Like, the way that we're doing it is the same, but I feel like people are getting different messages.
0: I also feel like there's, especially in our generation, there's become this, like, policing of people that you know. Like, kind of in the generation right before ours, there are, like, activists who are, like, fighting for change and, like, the protests and the, the like, legislation and, like, really doing that. And then there's the people in our generation that are pretty much exclusively just, like, existing on social media and spaces to like judge other people for not saying enough or for saying the wrong thing or like looking for a chance to like pounce almost Mm. and it's this like policing of like if you're not doing enough for me then I'm gonna call you out on it that I'm like a little like almost disturbed by because it's like I wish that there was more of the in the street activism I have friends who are like don't post very many of those infographics but who go to every protest and like maybe don't share like everything on their social media but i know that they're like doing the work it's like it's such a bizarre world now
2: yeah it is and, and again it's like everything has this like kind of double side of a coin it's like okay policing should not be a thing but also if someone is specifically like hurting or not like you know then it's like okay you're my friend like we need to have a conversation about this like this is
1: this is not cool
2: the things that you're saying but it's also it's yeah i don't know i i do think there is power in saying i don't know guys like i don't know about this thing and before i become the forefront and stand in the spotlight to do this thing like I wanna make sure that I am educated and I know exactly what is happening before I am throwing my opinion out. Like you don't have to always be the center of attention. Like sometimes you really should not be at all. Like yeah. it's it's strange, but of course, like with the, I don't know has to come the, and here's what I'm gonna do to change to that change so that, that I yeah. do know, you know? Mm-hmm. It's
1: nuts. It's yeah, nuts.
0: it is. This has been just an incredible conversation Liv. it's it's so amazing to (laughs) talk to you again um as we are approaching our running low on time um because we talked about it earlier the idea of wanting to like promote uh different people's art and wanting to put some things out there there are some movies that came out this week that i want to just touch on and then i would love to talk to both of you about uh the things that you've been watching this week and things that you think other people should check out So, very quickly, because we are approaching the, like, hour mark on this podcast, there are a couple things to talk about uh, that came out this week. We have uh, A Cinderella Story, Starstruck, which is, like, the fifth A Cinderella Story since the Selena Gomez one way back in the day, directed and written by Michelle Johnson, uh, who is a female director screenwriter. Um, She wrote the other, like, four Cinderella stories, and I think she produced the one with Selena Gomez. Uh, then we also have Zola, which I'm super excited about. It's based on a Twitter thread um, that like was out. Uh, I think it was like 2018 about this stripper who like went to Florida with someone she had just met and like got involved in like drugs and prostitution. And it's this crazy story. Hmm. Um, but it was uh, co-written by Jeremy O'Harris and Janixa Bravo uh, and cool. directed by Janixa Bravo. Uh, Jeremy O'Harris, I know Liv, you know from Slate yeah, Play. Uh, So the two of them are incredible artists, uh, black director, black writing duo, uh, very excited for that.
1: Also shout out Nicholas Braun. I love that actor.
0: Yes, he's (laughs) so good. In terms of documentary, uh, I'm not sure if it's CNN or HBO, but there's a documentary coming out called Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised, which is about the 1989 Harlem Cultural Festival, which was completely filmed with like all these amazing acts and then someone took all the footage and just like put it in storage. And it was never televised and never shown to everybody, but Questlove uh, of the Roots got all the footage and like put it together and got all the artists and like did this entire documentary about that uh, period. Love um, Questlove. We also have part one of Fear Street called Fear Street part one, 1994, which is a three-part, three movies for Netflix uh, based mm. on the books by R.L. Stein. Written and directed by Lee Jenmeek. I'm so sorry if I mispronounced your last name, Uh, but she is a female director and female writer uh, doing three movies in a row for Netflix, uh, which I think is super cool. I also think it's cool to just do like a three-part movie series. Like, oh, we can't fit everything into one movie. Let's just make three of them. That's awesome.
1: And it's awesome in the way that it's not like setting a sequel bait.
0: Yeah, it's like we've planned that there are going to be three parts and they are going to move into each other in one fluid story. Don't expect an ending to part one. We're not going to end there. There's going to be a lead in. Um, I like that. I do respect it a lot. And I respect that they finished all of it before they even released the first one. There's a bunch of other movies coming out this week. They're all in the description below. Um, So if you want to check those out, feel free. I'm gonna check them out. Yeah, <laughs> those are the movies coming out that we haven't gotten to see. So, Jacob, uh, what kind of content might you be consuming this week?
1: I've been watching Loki on Disney Plus. I've heard it's great. It's great. You gotta check it out. I heard episode four was pretty brutal. It was brutal. Yeah, it's going in a new direction. Like the show pivoted. Nice. Um, which I'm excited <laughs> about. There's like, I think there's four more episodes. Yeah. So like the next four are gonna be crazy yeah if you're a marvel fan check that out
2: i want to be so yes
1: (laughs) yeah oh tom hiddleston is just such an amazing actor yeah we've been watching lupin yep on netflix Netflix french uh heist show yeah
0: very good iconic iconic so good we just finished part one and we didn't realize it. We like finished yes. part one and we're like, oh, there's another episode. And I looked at it and it was like part two, episode one. And I was like, that was the end of the first season?
1: I also, uh, I watched Luca. I don't know if I said that last week. Oh.
0: I think you might've, but even if you did, it's. No, I
2: don't think so. I, I've heard great things about that one.
1: It's good. It's really good. It feels a little like finding Nemo in the beginning, but you'll get past it. It's. <laughs> like Chalamari me by your name uh it's so good
0: <laughs> literally
2: i saw finding nemo in a movie theater can we just like sit with that for a second yes <laughs> that's
1: the first movie i saw in a theater
2: i'm pretty sure same I'm the first sure same
1: yeah good times good times i think that's all for my uh, content <laughs> i've been consuming this week what about you liv
2: Honestly, I- I've been on a- I'm always on a reading kick, but I'm on a reading kick at the moment, and I just finished By Yourself, The Fucking Lilies by one of the, like, execs of Keen Peel, which is kind of cool, but, um, her name is Tara Schuster. That was an awesome book. And then, speaking of Questlove, I love his book. I'm pretty sure it's, um- the creative quest or something like that it's really good too there's like he has a ton of little prompts that you can kind of sit with and he has like these like couple second meditations where he's just like oh yes like what comes up for you in these like couple seconds when you like it's just awesome but yeah creative quest is the name of it that's an awesome book Ooh, i wonder and if then, it's an
1: audiobook i would be lovely
0: to listen to yeah
2: It's really good, and also soul, iconic. I don't know why I'm consuming a lot of content that's like, life is special and short and precious, and you should enjoy it now. And I'm like, you're right,
1: you're
0: so right. Coming out of a pandemic, I wonder why you would feel that way, Liv. (laughs) Gulp. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that. Um,
2: Honestly, I've never seen Parks and Rec before, and I'm in the process of watching it, and I... I got a little bit of the, like, oh, if you've seen The Office first, you're not going to like Parks and Rec. So that's why I wasn't watching it for a very long time. But now I am, and I'm very much enjoying it. Oh, and the newest Conjuring movie with Purchase's very own Sarah Catherine, my sophomore year RA, shout out. Um, She killed it. I was so good. I I really enjoyed it. And, yeah, I I love a a good horror movie moment. I, um, I don't know why for some reason it makes me not anxious and it gets me out of my own anxious brain for some reason. So
0: good
2: horror all the way. <laughs> yeah. I rewatched the two it movies too. Ooh,
0: so good. Good. Someone's I didn't
2: love the me. second one. Like not going to lie. I, I heard a lot of people loved the first one and didn't like the second one. I loved both of them. Same. Bill oh, yeah. Hater all day.
1: Bill Hater. Oh. So good.
2: I like forgot the ending too, and it killed me all over again. Like, I just uh Bill Hader is so good. Bill fucking hater.
1: I gotta rewatch that movie now.
2: You yeah. have, like literally, it's so good. Oh, uh, it's so good. And that whole cast I thought was so great. And I thought they did a great job of like enhancing the kids' performance too. Definitely.
0: Like, yeah,
2: I thought that was awesome. So Honestly, I need to get back on my on my TV and movie swing. James but, um, was
1: in that too, right?
2: Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <Good> <Yes. laughs> oh Jessica Chastain, like, what Woo! is happening? This is amazing. Uh, it's amazing. Amazing. I don't know what all their names are off the top of my head, but they were all they all brought it, and we're yeah. a really good team. Totally. Also, follow Rachel Cargill on Instagram. She's like this awesome writer, activist, has a bunch of great little captions that she writes. I think she's primarily a writer, but I ended up happening upon her stuff and she has this great program about doing the work too when it comes to like unlearning your habits of racism that's ingrained and she's awesome. She's very cool. Yeah, that's it.
1: Logan, anything?
0: Uh, yeah, I have a couple things. Um, I've been listening to uh, an older album, not like older, but like earlier this year, uh, Chloe Moriando, uh, who I found on TikTok, released an album called Blood Bunny. Uh, I particularly really like I Want to Be With You, which is track five. And uh, What If It Doesn't End Well, which is track 13. I think they're both really, really good. Along with that, Tyler, the creator, came out with a new album called Call Me If You Get Lost, really amazing album. Um, in terms of TV, I've been watching Lupin. Uh, I finished Ted Lasso with my mom and immediately restarted it because it's just that kind of show. Um, it just brings me so much joy. Even if I know what's going to happen, I'm still laughing at every joke. And then I started watching, Live. I think you might like this, uh, the AMC series Kevin Can Fuck Himself, which is a drama. The show is a drama. I'm just putting it out there. It's a drama. It is based on the trope of the sitcom wife, the like, the woman who's always doting on her very schlubby not great husband kind of based on like Kevin Can Wait, King of Queens, Everyone mm. Loves Raymond, that kind of character uh, and so it starts out as a multi-cam sitcom and the moment the wife leaves the room it becomes a single cam drama so it's like whenever Kevin isn't around we're in a single cam drama about this woman's life and it's like take all the things that a sitcom dad says like how he never pays attention to his wife. He always asks her, like, tell my friend what to get you for our anniversary and I'll get it for you. Like, he's not caring. He doesn't care about their furniture. And like, put that in a real person. And it goes from, haha, he's so silly to, oh, he's kind of abusive and awful. (laughs) And like, her life is terrible, but like, she has no way out of it. Because this is her life. Like, he's all she has, and he's not growing up, so how does she deal, how do you deal with being 35 and being married to someone who still acts like they're 18, and like is fine working at the cable company and playing beer pong for the rest of their life, like it's, it's a really good show, I think Robin Lord Taylor is also on it from Gotham, who I absolutely adore, that's crazy oh my
2: god i've never heard of this
0: the show stars annie murphy um who would know she played alexis rose on schitt's creek
2: yeah Um,
0: super funny but she's so good at doing the drama of the show that it gets so dark um really love it i think amc released the first two episodes on youtube just for free for anybody to watch uh so i watched it there and i just like fell in love with it and i'm so down to watch the rest of the season that's in general what I've consumed this week um yeah trying to trying to watch new movies I I really want to see uh, Zola because it's A24 and I think Jeremy O'Harris is a really incredible writer and just the cast of that movie is just like fire so I'm super excited to see that um but yeah that's what I've that's what I've consumed this week
2: mm,
0: yay awesome. Liv thank you so much for doing this with us thank you for having me
1: yeah. Um,
0: you can find Olivia, of course, on Instagram. Uh, we will plug both of the accounts that you can follow her at below. Uh, keep an eye out for the short that we're working on. There will be tons of behind the scenes and just like the movie in general when it comes out. But until then, uh, my name is Logan Riley Bruner. I
1: am Jacob Wade.
2: I am Olivia Grady.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for watching the Cast. We'll talk to you next week. Bye!